Welcome to the podcast, Good Times in the Garden. Hello to all my fellow gardeners out there. I am your host, Matt DiStefano. This is episode six, May 22nd, 2021. Is there any better place to be than your garden? I don't think so. Well, thank you once again for joining me here at Good Times in the Garden. Oh, baby, I think the weather has finally turned. This past week, we've seen temperatures steadily in the upper 70s in the afternoon with plenty of sunshine, and you can feel that summer humidity start to come. At night, it's still a bit chilly in the mid-50s, but it is this type of weather in the Northeast United States that tells me it's time to begin getting my indoor tender plants ready for their annual trip to my outdoor garden. In a future podcast, I will go over my winter to spring rotation of plants from their indoor homes to the outdoor garden. Uh, I think that'll be a, a fun podcast and that will probably be coming up fairly soon. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about one of the most precious components for any successful garden. Too little of it can lead to many problems. Too much of it can also be just as bad. I'm speaking of the chemical dihydrogen monoxide, or as we commonly call it, water, H2O. All plants need it to survive. Some plants need it much more than others. Water is one of the principal components that plants use to make their food. Carbon dioxide being the other needed compound. When plants chemically unite carbon dioxide that they take from the air with water that they absorb from their roots, the carbon chemically becomes hydrated with the water, thus making a carbohydrate. This is the plant's food. And if we eat the plant, it also becomes our food. There is nothing more relaxing for me than going around my yard, watering the various potted plants that I have set up around the garden. When I get home from a long day at work, I put on some comfortable clothing, grab my Hawes metal watering can, very proud of that watering can, straight from England, Uh, beautiful uh, water can, highly recommend. Little on the pricey side, but well, well worth it. I fill the Hawes metal watering can with water, collect it in my rain barrel. A few years ago, I set up a 50 gallon rain barrel under one of the downspouts of my gutter. After a normal day of rain, the barrel is filled with enough water for me to keep my plants happy and well watered for a week or two. The added benefit of having the rain barrel is it allows me to collect unchlorinated water. That is better for many of my plants. It also saves me quite a few dollars each month on my watering bill. I like to go from plant to plant, kind of like a honeybee, giving each plant a little drink as I go. 
my blueberry bushes, gooseberry bushes, strawberries, raspberries like to stay very well watered, especially when the warm days of summer arrive. This means I'm usually giving them a drink each day in the late afternoon. The two large fig trees I have growing in 30-gallon pots in my front yard can go a bit longer without water. These trees do not mind having the soil dry out a bit before each watering. Their leaves will usually, in fact, give me a sign that they need a drink when they start to droop just a bit from their stems. It's their way of saying, we want water. Along the fence in my backyard, I have two Reliance Red Seedless Grapevines growing out of a 25-gallon rectangular planter each. The same holds true for them as for the figs. They can go without a drink for usually a week or so in their pots. Most of the plants and flowers I have growing in the ground usually will not need to be watered by me unless we go an extended period of time without rain. Plants and flowers growing outside of pots in the earth can tunnel their roots very deep underground, harvesting water unseen at the surface. Water has also become a point of aesthetics in my garden. I have a small pond on the side of my house, about eight feet long by about three feet wide and about two feet deep. I have filled the pond with water lilies and common rush reeds. The pond itself is surrounded with daylilies, rock foil, phlox, and creeping jenny. I also have a small pump under the water in the pond. This pond sends water in a short loop back into another section of the pond as a trickling waterfall over rocks. Next to the pond, I have a comfortable metal bench. I love sitting here on early mornings in spring and summer or in late afternoons and just listen to the soft, peaceful sound of the running water as I am surrounded by all the colorful flowers surrounding my pond. In my garden, my plants are not the only living things looking for water. Birds will seek out open water for drinking and for bathing in almost all seasons of the year. Because of this, I have uh, two bird baths set up in my yard, one in the front yard and one in the backyard. They were created by my children a few years back in their pottery class, which they took with their mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is a, a very good potter uh, and she helped them make them. Throughout the year, these bird baths are visited by robins, sparrows, cardinals, and many other local birds and wildlife. Many days, I can witness small families of birds getting a cool drink and playing in the shallow baths. Water, unfortunately, can also bring into your yard things that you are not going to be as happy to see or in my case, unfortunately, feel. In late spring and summer, both the pond and the birdbath can become a breeding ground for mosquitoes. And boy, do they love me. If there's a mosquito around, I will get bit. 
To prevent this from happening, I place a bacterial insecticide in both the pond and bird baths. This insecticide kills the mosquito larvae, so before they become the flying mosquito. But the great thing is that this insecticide is not harmful to the birds or the plants. The company Summit produces a mosquito dunk. It's what they call it, a D-U-N-K. It looks like a small donut that you throw into the pond or the bird bath. And that usually will keep the water mosquito-free for a few months. As the summer progresses, there is nothing better than a warm summer day with blue skies in late July or the beginning of August. Many of these days can usually end with a refreshing thunder shower. These summer storms are a welcome reprieve from the summer heat and always seem to freshen the air so nicely. Listening to the rain patter and drip on the plants and the trees in my yard has such a calming effect. These types of rainstorms jumpstart the yard into a burst of new green growth. My yard always looks almost brand new after these types of storms. The fresh, clean smell of the yard hours after a rainfall like this has ceased is one of the aromatic joys of summer. As someone who gardens, it is such a privilege to be a witness to the power of water in the natural world each day. Well, I want to thank you once again for joining me here in my garden. I hope the next time you are outside enjoying the wonders of your garden, you understand that none of it, and I mean none of it, would be possible without the magic of water. So until next time, this is Matt DiStefano from Good Times in the Garden. Have a nice week, everyone. <laughs>